Go ahead, turn with me, John chapter number five this morning. John chapter number five. Thank God for the opportunity to be able to be here in the house of God, to be able to preach the word of God. It's an honor to be able to stand in this pulpit. And I thank God for the opportunity. Thank Pastor for the opportunity as well to be able to do this. <clears throat> and uh, I'll be honest with you, um, coming to the end of the year and you're getting through with uh, Christmas time and everyone's got their eyes and thoughts on that, but I have just been coming here and God has every step of the way uh, from last night to this morning has just assured me that this is the direction we need to go in. The songs that have been selected, thank God, that uh, when, when I can't get in touch with or can't tell somebody or don't really feel like I need to tell somebody, but then God, the Holy Spirit of God, I was, Brother Tom, I got up singing to God be the glory. And then Brother Jerry gets up and says, let's all sing to God be the glory. Praise God. And then in John chapter number five, we see this man and Brother Spencer starts getting up and says, hey, he looked beyond my faults, my problems, my difficulties, the issues that I had in my life, the problems, and he saw the need that I really truly had. And I'm so glad that he saw that. John chapter number 5, verse number 1, look with me. It says this in the Word of God, and I'm thankful that I have a copy of the Word of God. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool. Wow. Which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, looking at this, look at this, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Not if you had gotten in there and had a certain malady or anything, but whatsoever disease that he had. I don't know about you, but as I think about the folks that are around and sitting in this room and those that are not able to make it because of the maladies in their life, there's a lot of whatsoever maladies and whatsoever diseases and whatsoever problems that are in our life right now. Wednesday, we preached about the storms and the storms that we are facing and the storms that we are having and storms that we face every day. It seems like I even made this statement as well, that it seems like you're either in a storm, coming out of a storm or about to go into a storm. But here, this man was here in this time. And as we read through this scripture, we see that this man was waiting for something to happen. He had desired to see something happen in his life. And 38 years, this man, if you read a little further on in the text, this man had been waiting for something to happen. But I want you to look with me in verse number 5. We'll go on a little further. And it says, And a certain man was there which had an, an infirmity 30 and 8 years. And when Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been there now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man, verse number 7, answered him, Sir, I have no man 
when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Verse number 8, Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Jesus didn't say, Go get in the pool. Jesus didn't say, Well, if you repeat these three words after me. He didn't say, If you go here and do this and figure this out, then he just said, Get up. Just get up. Look at verse number 9. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked, and, and the same day was the Sabbath. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house once again. Lord, I beg you, God, that you'd just touch us, Lord, in these next few moments. God, I pray that you'd just anoint me from on high. God, I pray that the people with this sanctuary and the people watching us online would not see Shane Roy, but they would see Jesus, that they would see the Holy Spirit of God using someone. Lord, I pray that you'd use us in a mighty way for your honor, for your glory. God, if there's one that doesn't know you in the free pardon of sin, I beg you, God, that they would learn the, the, the grace of God this morning, God, that they would be saved to the uttermost. God, if there's one that's walking wayward, God, I pray that you draw them back and bring them back to you. And Lord, I pray that you just encourage us, Lord, give strength to those that need strength, healing that need healing. Guard my mouth and mind. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. When I began to look through this scripture, once again, God put it on my heart. I began to see these great things that are in there. I think it's very interesting that he was by the sheep gate when sheep are nothing but dumb animals. And how the word of God compares the people of God to sheep. Let's just go ahead and be honest. If we are going in our own direction, we're going to go. The Bible tells us that there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but it's not the right way. There is a narrow way that we need to go to be able to follow Jesus Christ, and that is the way that Jesus Christ desires for us to go. But then when we get to that sheep gate or the sheep market by that pool, that we go to that place that's called Bethesda in the Hebrew tongue, that gate that is there, that pool that is there. And I, I began to look through, and Brother Tom, I found that it says this, the Bethesda actually means that it's a, a house of mercy. How amazing it is that we can have a sheep market next to a house of mercy. And then I begin to look a little further into that same verse and I begin to see this, that it actually says this, that, uh, that there is a, 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 a Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. We're in the sheep market. And we've done found that we've got a house of mercy. And five, the number of five, represents Grace. How is it that we find mercy and grace in the sheep market? Because there is a shepherd. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Because there is a shepherd that is bringing us along the side and be able to give us exactly what we stand in need of. And I'll be honest with you, the first thing that I need is grace from God Almighty. And boy, He's given that to me. Thank God that He gave me grace. He granted me grace. He's touched me with grace. He gives me grace every morning. And then in that sheep market also, I get a little bit of mercy. Thank God that God gives me mercy every morning. Every morning I have more mercy from God every step of the way. And I love to see how things happen. And in verse number 3, is saying that they're waiting on the moving of the water. And I'll be honest with you, I'm just waiting on the move of God. I want to see something great and mighty happen here at Harvest Baptist Tabernacle. It's not going to happen if young preachers are getting up preaching and people just sit there.
It's not going to happen if Shane Roy gets up and preaches his heart out. If the Holy Spirit don't move, it's not going to happen. The pastor can get up. Brother Tom can lead the songs and preach and sing and preach to our young people and do great things. But unless the move of God, something, something's got to happen. Amen? And that's what I'm looking for this morning. And I'm looking that a move of God would take place. And I love to see the move of God. I long to see the move of God. It's something that I truly want to see every step of the way, every day that I have. And the move of God is an awesome power. And if you've ever experienced the move of God, then that's going to be something that you will never forget about in your life. I'll be honest with you, the experience that I had with the grace of God was absolutely amazing. But I have seen throughout my life other times where the move of God has taken place. Where the move of God, and it can't be explained away by mankind. It can't be explained away by what is going on in this house. It can't be explained away by anything else. But the move of God takes place. Amen. When God moves on your heart, when God moves on your mind, when God touches your life, then all of a sudden business is about to pick up because Jesus Christ is in the house, glory to God, and He begins to do something great and mighty in your life. I'm longing to see a move of God in my life and in all of our lives this morning. I want everybody to experience that move. I've seen the move of God in physical healing. It's absolutely amazing. I've seen God do great and mighty things. I have seen God do things for that people needed financial assistance and financial move. And I have seen, I have seen people be healed of great maladies. I have seen people or heard people talk about how they've just been driving down the road and saw money flying across the road. True story. Glory to God. I'm praying that it'll happen to me. Amen. Somebody has a purse or something, wants to throw some while I'm driving by, I'll stop and grab it. I promise you. I've seen those things. I've heard about those things. I've seen the grace of God take place. I've seen it. But but boy, I'll be honest with you. The greatest ever grace that you'll ever see, the greatest grace that you'll ever be able to experience is when you see an old sinner walk down an aisle and get in an old-fashioned altar and he gives his heart and his life to the Lord Jesus Christ and says, God, I'm a sinner. God, I need to be saved. God, I'm giving your my life to you. What you need to do with it, I'll give it to you no matter what it is. And the grace of God moves him and touches that old sinner and moves him from one place where he's down in the miry clay and brings him up and sets him on a rock glory to God and sets his pathway on another way. I'm not on my way to hell brother Dennis glory to God I'm on my way to heaven I'm on my way that I can touch glory to here from here to I don't even know where I'm going. Glory to God. I know I'm going to heaven. Amen. That's the best place that that I can do. I'm thankful that I can go that direction. And I'm thankful that I can get there because of the grace of God. Because of the mercy of God. Because what Jesus Christ has done for me. Boy, in our text, we see him moving the moving of God. The people were waiting. And wouldn't it be wonderful if the move of God took place right here this morning? Boy, wouldn't it if we were sitting here, we all got in one mind and one accord. And we begin to see that we were sitting in the sheep market. And we had mercy here. Glory to God, I'm here to tell you that if you don't know mercy yet, mercy's right here and you can receive it this morning. If you don't know grace, grace is right here this morning and you can receive it this morning. If you don't know salvation, you can hear, hey, salvation is here. Not by my preaching, not by anybody else singing, but by the Lord Jesus Christ, God Almighty, can give salvation to you in your life. This morning you can be saved and start off 2024 saved. 
saying, I am a child of God. I am set in a wonderful place. Glory to God, I'm on my way to heaven. And a move of God can take place in your life. Boy, it's hard waiting on the move of God sometimes. This man shares this problem with him. And I want you to look and just want you to see in verse number 7 the problems that he says. He says, God, Jesus, I don't have friends. I have no friends. I have no friends. I'll be honest with you. Look at this verse number 7. John chapter number 5, verse number 7. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. I'll be honest with you. There was nobody here for this man, it seems like. I'll be honest with you. He's saying, I don't have anybody to help me. I don't have anybody that can touch me. I don't have anybody that can put me into the pool. I can't do it on my own. As a matter of fact, Brother Landon, when Jesus said that he saw him lie, he was laying there. He was helpless. He was in a condition that he, glory to God, he could not help himself. And he was begging for somebody to help him. But nobody was there for him, Brother Joe. Nobody was there to help him. He said, I don't have any friends. And I'm going to be honest with you, the old world that we live in, there are people that say that you are, they are your friends. But I can promise you this, that they will lead and guide you into the wrong direction if they are not following and moving you in the direction of the Lord Jesus Christ. If your friends are telling you to go, listen to me, young people, if your friends are telling you to go in a different direction other than God, then you need to get you a new list of friends. You need to get you a new list of direction to be able to head to. You don't need to be saying, hey, uh, you just do that on Sunday. No, glory to God. Uh, Christianity is a seven day a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days a week. It doesn't matter about Sundays or Wednesdays. Glory to God. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday is just as much a Christian as I am on Sunday and Wednesday. And you ought to be the same way. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That didn't cost a thing extra. Hallelujah. But when we look at that, have you, I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever felt alone? You could be sitting in a room full of people. You, can, you could be sitting right here at Harvest Baptist Tabernacle on the pew and you can be as alone as if you were on a deserted island. Well, the world's friends, that prodigal son, my mind thinks about him in Luke chapter number 15, how that prodigal son thought that he had all the friends and he goes... He had all the wealth. He got out there and he began to see he hit it big. He had all of his friends and they were helping him out and they were doing great things and they were spending time with him and they were enjoying. Then all of a sudden, the purse got empty. The bank account, his Bitcoin ran out. He had no money and then all of a sudden he looked around. He didn't have any friends left. Maybe I'm preaching to young people this morning. Young people, remember. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. This man had no friends. He had no one to help him. But I wanted to take you to somebody else. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter number 18. Proverbs chapter number 18, that world that had there, the, the world his friends that the prodigal son had, that when he had spent all, that he arose and mighty famine was in the land and he began to be in want and he began to look for the hardest part is coming to yourself 
And saying, I know that I need something greater than I've, I've had in the past. I need somebody that's actually a friend to me. And boy, he looked around, he didn't have any friends, but he went home to his father's house. But when you get to Proverbs chapter number 18, look at verse number 24 with me. It says, a man that uh, hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. You say, Brother Shane, I don't know who that is. I don't really know. And I won't be honest with you, Brother Tom, I've never had a brother. I just had two of the meanest sisters in the world. I'm joking. They're the sweethearts. I love them. They are great. They are wonderful. They sing great. They, they treat me good. How do I get out of this? Just preach and get out of it. Amen. I'm going to preach to this side. <laughs> Feel darts coming from over there. No, I'm joking. But I never had a brother. I had two sisters. I had the sisters that was sweetheart. They took care of me. They really, truly, Brother Jerry, they, they, they babied me. I was spoiled. I had three mothers. And they gave me whatever I wanted. Hallelujah. Until they tied me to the bed that time. And I got mad. But anyway. That's a different story for a different time. But I began to... Say, well, what is a brother's friend? What is a better bro- better than a brother? What is a better friend than just that? But it's when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. When I found God, when I found Jesus, when I found Savior of the world that said, hey, I'll be there, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. It doesn't matter what you're going, on through, going through in your life, I'll never forsake you. Boy, I am thank God that Jesus is that kind of friend that He has always been there for me. Boy, I, there's been times in my life where that's been dark and cold and in the middle of the night and I couldn't reach out to my mom or dad or sisters or anybody else in my life. I couldn't uh, t- touch with Heather or talk to Heather about this, but I could go ahead and I begin to beg God to touch my life and to, to help me and boy he's just wrapped his arms of love around me and a friend that showed up right then and there for me was greater than anything else that I could have ever had physically in this life but praise God I got a friend that we have in Jesus Christ that I can lean on, that I can touch, that I can sit there and say God I need you right now and he's always there for me God I need you to help me right now and he's always been there to help me along the every step of the way, Thank God that He is my friend. But then also look at verse number 7 with me in our text. John chapter number 5, verse number 7. I'll move quickly. Sirs, I have no man. Verse number 7. When the water is troubled to put me into the pool. I don't have friends. I don't have help. This man had to have help to be able to get to that pool. And think of how frustrating it is to, to go along and to be able to maybe just... What if he just got there and was just about to touch and... Somebody else just happened to get there. Have you ever done something? I think the, I believe that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. Have you ever done that? You just seem to do the same thing, same thing. I heard, Brother Joe, I, I, uh, Brother Ray, Brother Joe, you guys did an awesome job, praise the Lord. But that, that, that golfing thing that you were talking about, I heard that you, Ulysses Grant wanted to learn how to play golf. And he said, uh, the, the Scotsman came over and he said, now there is, there's a great game and it's called golf and it has exercise and it's doing all these great things. And he said, well, that's wonderful. We'll come. That Scotsman comes over, Brother Tom, and he begins to show him, this is how you swing. This is how the club, this is the direction. Now you place the ball here and he swings one time and missed the ball. 
And the Scotsman goes through and six different times he misses the ball. And Ulysses Grant says, now I see that there's exercise, but I see no reason to have the ball. Only the golfers got that. I, I think, yeah. But, but there's, there's, there's no reason sometimes we just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. And we expect to say the same, same thing or not a different thing. But then when the world begins to try to help you, they try to do these things that lead you in a wrong and stray direction. Like that prodigal, they didn't help him when they, did, they didn't benefit him any longer. They didn't help him because it was no benefit to them. They... Why should I help you? What do I get out of the deal? That's the world. But let me tell you about Jesus. What did he get out of the deal? What did he get out of the deal when he got Shane? He got absolutely nothing. He gave everything. For a little old sinner like me. He gave everything made by the help of God. In Psalm chapter number 40, he says it this way, But I'm poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Glory to God, I'm so glad that he does think about me. And he says, But thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, oh my God, because he is my help. Thank God that he is my help every step of the way. Boy, when I need that help, he comes along. I have needed help in my days that could only come from God. I promise you, if you live long enough, you'll need the help of God every step of the way for your life. Others have tried, but where they tried to help him, Jesus succeeded. Where others tried to go and help, you say, well, how did it happen? By faith. I want you to look a little further with me. Look, in, look into this, John chapter number 5. Look at down verse number 8 where it says, Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. You know what began to happen? That man stayed there. And he, if he would have stayed there and tried, he said, No, I'll just try to make it the next time the angel comes through. Guess what? He would have laid there for another 38 years most likely. But when Jesus Christ, because he didn't waver because of that dedication, he'd been there for 38 years and had been trying to do this over and over and over and over. But then all of a sudden, that day, one day, some. Somebody different passed by. <laughs> he, wasn't say, he wasn't saying, I'm going to help you get in the pool. He wasn't saying, I'm going to help you do this. Or, hey, I want to encourage you in this way. Or, hey, you keep on trying a little harder next time. Or, boy, you can do it next time. Or you can... No, he just says, rise up and start walking. Get up and start walking. Why? Because Jesus Christ, when he begins to say something, Jesus Christ passed by that day and the God of the universe stopped by to pay a visit for this man. Boy, it wasn't the man that was walking down the street that had thrown him some alms before and it wasn't the one that had stepped by and said, Hey, I wish you'd just get out of the way. Why don't you? You're nothing but in the way. But then God Almighty, God Almighty, glory to God, God Almighty came by His way and said, Hey, I want you to, I, will, I see the need that you have in your life. And it is far greater, it's far greater than the malady that you have in your life. It is far greater. I want to get rid of the sin that is in your life. I want to get rid of the problems that are in your life. I want to give you a new list of friends, glory to God. I want to give you a friend that is greater than any brother that you could possibly have. I want to give you a help that is a very present help in a time of 
danger. I want to give you a great thing and all you have to have is faith to get up and move in my direction. Glory to God. I'm glad that that day when I was a six-year-old little boy, I knew that I needed to get saved and I moved in the Savior's direction. And hey, he didn't... He didn't step and say, hey, come on, come on, come on. You can make it, you make it. No, I believe Brother Joe, when I took two steps, he took four or five. And I'm going to be honest with you. When he took steps, he took bigger steps than I'd be able to take glory to God. There's no step that I could take to get me any glory to God, but he could take a step towards me. And when he took a step towards me, glory to God, he saved my soul by faith through grace. I'm so glad that God is on our side. I'm so glad that he is helping us and he's moving. Now, even in today's world. Boy, waiting on that move was hard, but he, boy, he stayed true and Jesus delivered. Rise up, take up thy bed, and walk. You say, Brother Shane, I've been trying hard and hard. I've been going through this difficult time and I'm just waiting for God to move. Just stay there. Listen for the faint call. Listen to the call of the Savior. Don't worry about all the hustle and bustle that's going around. Just say, Lord, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving everything over because I've tried everything. Everybody's left me. I don't have any help. But God, I got faith. I got faith that you can do it. wonder how many of us can say that. I'm, I'm not doing anything else but staying with Jesus. I'm not going any further without Jesus. I'm not walking out this building. I'm not walking through those doors without Jesus in my life. I'm tired of, I'm tired of going about my own way. I'm going with Jesus. Brother Shane, where can I get him? That's a wonderful place. This is a sweet place because as I look, even as I'm looking right now, I can see teardrops that have stained this altar where people have poured out their heart. And Jesus said, I'll bottle up those tears. I'll take that malady from you. I'll give you salvation. I'll give you what you need. Just meet me here. Come unto me. I wonder if anybody just say, rise up. Take up your bed. Walk down to this old-fashioned altar. Give your life, your heart, your soul, everything. That problem in your life, give it to Jesus. They're coming with a song. But I'm thankful that God can touch us today. Just like he did that man that needed his help.